Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Chris Nur, Chief Digital Officer of Synity, a world leader in enterprise data software, and we're partnering with CDO Magazine, MIT CDO IQ, and the International Society of Chief Data Officers to bring you this series of interviews with thought leaders in data and analytics. Today, I'm really excited to welcome to the, the podcast, Laura Titus, the Chief Data Officer at Nationwide. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, if we could jump right in, Laura, uh, you've had some really interesting uh, career experiences. So you were previously Chief Digital Officer at Wendy's and back in Q4 of last year, were appointed as Chief Data Officer at Nationwide. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, how are those roles similar from a leadership position and how are they different given that they're quite different kinds of industries with maybe some similarities too? No, absolutely. And and I'll start by saying most of my career has been in financial services and specifically insurance. You know, Wendy's was an exciting departure because I wanted to get closer to some of that, you know, direct to consumer um, ability to react real time to data. You know, you get that immediate gratification that you don't always get in insurance and start to learn from the data and those types of experiences. But when I took that role, that role was focused really on building. They were building a digital capability. They were building a brand new data and analytics practice. Um, and then about, I think it was three or four months in, uh, the CEO said, congratulations, I'm giving you all of restaurant technology. Nice. Um, and so the, the role took a very technical spin right off the bat, which was very exciting um, because I was not a point of sale expert walking into that situation. So I learned a ton. Um, and I learned a lot about dealing with franchisees and the complexity of a system that you know many people don't see when you just think about a, a fast food restaurant. Um, but it took a very a very large technical focus to really fix their restaurant technology footprint uh, versus what I thought I was stepping into from a digital and data standpoint, which is really where my heart lies. And so um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but that's when the opportunity to get back into the data focus, get back into the industry I know and love and, and the complexity of the industry, that's where I really loved the role that, that Jim Fowler has carved out at Nationwide, which is let's embrace and build a focus on enterprise data. And so it was the ability to get back towards that data um, passion that I have. But again, very thankful for the role I had at Wendy's. I learned a ton, but it was very technical. I um, mean, it took away from some of the, how can I really reinvigorate the opportunity for data in the business? Whereas at Nationwide, it's the, we have such a strategic asset in our data. How do we activate it? And so it was really closer to, to where my passion is. So a lot of learning and a lot of excitement for data in both roles, but this one really gave me that enterprise view of it. Um, as part of technology, but not focused on running all of technology at the same time. Yeah, yeah, make, that's very interesting. That makes sense. And I just, you know, it's uh, it's interesting how um, as long as I spend doing this, you never really get away from people process technology, but sometimes you have you know, kind of a burning fire and, you know, you've got to put out that fire before you can do anything else. And it sounds yeah. like that, you know, that sort of went down a, uh, an, an interesting route. Um, so, so picking up on the theme of of data being viewed as a strategic asset and and your sponsorship um, within executive management, what's your sense um, broadly and or within nationwide of data as an educational space for both senior leaders and mid management? Because one of my observations is like everyone everyone gets like the data thing. At, at a simple level, but then you go to start doing the work and, you know, maybe you find you've got a big technology problem, or maybe you find that, you know, middle management sort of is paying lip service, but isn't really aligned with what you want to do. 
What do you see as some of the challenges, you know, even with that good executive sponsorship of really building a data culture and a data driven culture in that kind of positive digital sense that that seems to drive a lot of your personal excitement about it? Yeah, so you hit it on the head, I think, uh, in a couple of with your experience, you know, when when Kurt stepped in as CEO, um, he had a vision I very much aligned to um, another reason why I took this position, which was data first. It is our strategic differentiator and we have to activate it. And so he lit that fire under the entire organization. Now, to your point, you've got varying degrees of what data means to people. Data yeah. view it as how I balance my risk, how I balance my business, how I balance you know, the different types of experiences I'm trying to design. But everybody has a different view of what data means to them. And not different than many other insurance companies, from my experience, you know, data sometimes is viewed as a technology asset. And so when you think about the, if you really want to have it be a strategic asset, you have to start to view it as a living product. And so it has to be connected to the business. And so it has to create different engagement models and has to do different ways of working within the organization. And when you get to some of the the mid-level management, they start to get that. They understand where the ways of working aren't optimal. And it's not optimal to activate our data nor to connect it to what the business is focused on. I think when you get to some of those lower levels, you get a lot of incredibly talented people like we have at Nationwide that tend to focus on what's the next new thing. And so you've got people chasing the next new thing while you are trying to foundationally change the ways of working in the organization. So one of the ways that we've dealt with it at Nationwide is we made about $160 million investment for a five-year program to upskill all associates on digital and data. So regardless of where you sit, you now have a program called Future of Work, which is you ha- you get to pick your courses, but it is to upskill all associates. What that also does is it not only creates the knowledge base outside of a data office or other data teams, it starts to generate energy and excitement for data. So I now have people, you know, the internal applicants for some of my roles are through the roof because people have been educating themselves on data and now see, I want to be a part of that team. I want to be a part of how they're changing the ways we work. And so we started to do that at all levels. So it's not just for lower level, it's mid-management and senior management. And so you're starting for people to start upskilling and thinking differently. People are starting to now see how we need to start working differently. And so it's starting to change the mindsets of senior leaders who might've been organizationally focused historically. They're now getting outcome focused. Everybody's always had the best focus on their business outcomes, but in silos. And data gives us that connective tissue. Then that's why I get so excited about it because you start to share that energy across the entire enterprise. And you really start to see when people talk about one nationwide, that's actually how we start to act like one nationwide. And so that, again, you can tell this is a passion point for me, but another reason why I took that role, um, because they're taking that unique spin on education at all levels, and it's mandatory um, with that level of investment, but people are starting to educate themselves and get excited about things that are completely outside of their day job. And they're now starting to see when I start putting time on their calendar, you know, what we're going to talk about and how we're going to change the way they do things. Wow. So that's I, one. I love that. That's brilliant and amazing. And um, interestingly, I haven't heard I haven't run across another program like that. So it's it's like you 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 really put cultural and education piece of it. Mm-hmm. How far into the program are, are how, how many years is that spanning and how far are you into it, if I could ask? And no, sure. I believe this is the second year, yeah. um, but I, I might need to be corrected on that one because I'm, I'm still my three three months in here. But I believe this is the second year. 
so maybe if I could shift gears, I've, I've often thought that there's a very there's very interesting aspect of the financial services industry, which is that I think it's got some some advantages in being forward thinking in data by virtue of being purely transactional, right? So so when you when there's physical stuff involved, there are some added complexities to that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's you know there's money in financial services, which you know, and, and I think that it. Technology and data perhaps has been viewed for a long time more strategically um, in some of those industries than in, you know, like OEM, manufacturing, industrial companies. Just kind of an, an interesting observation. But but that said, there's sort of a flip side of that. So there's some special challenges that you face in terms of regulatory, data privacy, data ethics, you know, very much top of mind, I think, on the um even the national agenda is how do we think about this whole space of data privacy and and data ethics, model bias, Um, you know, my sense is that there's been more forward thinking in financial services around that. I'm very interested what your perspective on that is. And maybe if you can touch within that, like, what's the relationship with regulators? Like, is industry leading and regulators trying to catch up? Is it, um, you know, one hand washes the other, some some combination. No, it did. And, and I'll start by just saying, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's a push and pull on both in terms of industry leading or regulatory catching up. I think in some instances, regulatory is now regu- realizing the power of data. And so they will you know, catch up to initiatives that we've been pushing for a while when it comes to AI or machine learning. On the flip side, there's also been some really you know, impressive, well-thought-out and well-structured regulatory um, you know, movements that continue to evolve that we are catching up to. It's going to sound odd when I say this, but I actually get very excited by that because I think we have the ability to start to, to your point, continue to lead in the space. If you think about, you know, the ethical use of data, you you can digest that nine million different ways. And what I love about our approach within Nationwide is we view that as what's our framework? You know, what's our framework that aligns to our values? And we stick to that. And so as questions come up, as things need to get escalated to leadership, we stick to a framework that aligns to our values. And there's no, there's no gray there. If, be, if you think about diversity and bias and all of those things, data actually gives you the ability to start to move away from that. Traditionally, models all have those innate bias in it. We have the ability with data to move away from that. We can now look at sources that are viewed on behaviors, activities, characteristics of people that have nothing to do with prior just a medical history or we now have the ability to to use data to get away from bias. And so when you think about the power of my role within a company, you know, an insurance company, I view it as I now can get away from any of that, that um, we can move the business forward from just looking at people from a behavioral standpoint. So I I think it's an incredibly empowering opportunity within our industry and we have one to lead. Uh, But again, again, it comes down to that framework aligned to your values but also how do we start to use data in unique ways to move away from any bias? So, so do you, so kind of tying this to the, the educational question, right? It's like you and I can have a conversation and I'm pretty confident that when we, I talk about like data set bias and model bias, like we understand what that means, mm-hmm. but, but lots of people don't understand what it means. Yep. So when you get into, you know, working with regulators or, you know, folks who are less steeped in data, 
What's your thought on kind of educating? Like, I'm just curious how you do it. Like, I have some stories that I tell around, oh, well, you know, this kind of data creates this kind of outcome. And you sort of you, like you get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. So think of that. But I'm, I'm curious, like this is sort of a new thought societally yep. in a way mm-hmm. over the last couple of years in particular. You know, I always do that before you climb the hill, you have to get off your small mountain, go into the valley and then start to climb your big hill. Yeah. I think we've, we're now to the point where we're climbing the big hill. I think there was a, a there's a huge opportunity, I think, and how we view it. It's you have so lost in the data that we lose sight of the person behind the data. So as part of our guiding principle is we have to focus on the person behind the data. So regardless of model, regardless of all the things that we could probably get into from a dialogue perspective, the biggest person behind the data, behind the model, you find that you're pretty aligned with the regulators. Um, and so there's a good partnership that you can strike there. Um, but again, it's it's the the balance between the magic and the blindness you can create with your data, but also focusing on the individual behind it. And I, I find that's where I've had really powerful and positive conversations with the regulators. I, and I, so, so maybe if I could, I want to play this back and because I think you made a key point. So it's kind of become a truism that, you know, especially in, in socials, right? That if there's no product, then you're the product. Mm-hmm. And, and I think your point is l- let's get away from that and, and not yeah. think of the person and the person's data as a product, but think of the person and how we're driving outcomes for the person, for society and for the business. And if we do that, from kind of a value framework standpoint, then then we're going to minimize the risk that we get into trouble by getting sort of caught up in our own algorithms and not really looking at, at not not really looking at it from a human standpoint. Is that a is that a fair sort of reflection? It, much better stated, and yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, you, you get all the credit for for that, but uh, <laughs> but, but thank you. Maybe let's shift gears one more time and and talk about talent because one of sure. the things I think is really exciting about the program um, that 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 you've put in place and the investment and the leadership alignment is lots of you know you you always hear about what um, one of my standard questions is like oh is there a talent crisis and what are you doing about it well I think you kind of answered that question you know already to some extent by mm-hmm. virtue of this this amazing program that you've put in place. So maybe we can go up, you know, level deeper into that. Like, is that helping, you know, kind of net talent in export? Is it helping diversity, you know, both like all kinds of gender demographic yep. diversity? Like what, what is that maybe like a secret weapon that other companies should be thinking about? Like, don't just talk about it, but actually make some investment in education. And that's going to help us solve that talent pipeline crisis that everyone is always quite worried about. Yeah, no, I think you hit on two points. I think one, yes, I think it's a it's a differentiator. But I also think, you know, if you think about, um, you know, aha moments that I've had in my career, I also tie it to there's a blend, right? So we can upskill and build and build energy and excitement around the talent within our walls. But there's also tremendous value to looking outside of our walls as well. But you have to find that right balance, both on individual teams and at leadership levels of that infusion of nationwide DNA and our values and our culture and people who've gone through this program and also external perspective that comes in and will continue to challenge our people. You know, you never want to be comfortable, whether it comes to a strategic element or a cultural element. So there's also the balance of, yes, we want to upscale our people, but if you really want to move the needle in terms of both um, outside in view, but also you hit on the point of diversity, we have to start to look at how do we build, no one's where they want to be yet. Um, how do we start to build the, the blend of that nationwide DNA that has benefited from this program 
while also bringing an incredibly diverse talent from an external perspective, but also doing that in a balanced way so that everybody's set up for success. And so that's that's really where that magic of, yes, I believe in that program that we've talked about. I also believe in infusing some of that external DNA, you know, myself included, um, but external DNA to help balance some of that view of where can we continue to push the needle, both from a gender and diversity standpoint, but also from a strategic standpoint. Yeah, no, that 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 makes a lot of sense. And and maybe, you know, just to to tie up with where we started, I mean, you you at one point made what was probably a scary career decision to go out of your home industry into a totally different industry, and then you came back. And so, like, I guess I would again synthesize, you sort of walked the talk around the whole thing that you just said, which is about diversity of perspective and industries and not getting, you know, into well-worn a neural groove, how we think about things. And it, it, it appears you, you took a big risk to cultivate that own discomfort in yourself and then bring back to your home industry with a different frame of reference. Yep. Yeah. Which yep. is, which is, which is awesome. I'll uh, never forget my first, my first franchisee meeting at Wendy's. I did a huge presentation on digital and data um, was very energized by it. I, I felt a lot of head nods, a lot of good energy. And the CEO pulled me aside afterwards and said, that was great. I don't think I understand a word you just said. <laughs> and so it was this moment of, you have got to now pivot from what you're comfortable doing and talking about to new industry, completely different audience. Um, and he, as he put it, use real people language. Um, yeah. and, and, and it was that moment of, yeah, that was great. Right over, nobody understood a word you just said. Um, yeah. So good. They liked you, uh, but we got some work to do. So it was definitely when you talk about out of your comfort zone, that just made me think of that moment because that's I remember a, saying, that's oh, a, geez, that's I've got great, some work to do. It's a great story. And it, my, my CEO has this phrase of, you know, kitchen table anguish, yep. which I think it's very, especially for, you know, people get attracted to data in part because they like the mechanics and the complexity, mm -hmm. right? So I think as leaders, you know, you want to be able to do both. You want to get down and, you know, fix the POS system, but then you want to be able to explain what you did in terms that, you know, yes regular regular folks can understand. Um, well, Laura, this was a great discussion. Thank you so much. I really, uh, really appreciate getting to meet you and your time today and uh, great insights. And, and I just think the, um, I think the work that you've done and the, and the program is, you know, very inspirational. And, um, and as I said, quite unique in, you know, in lots of data leader conversations that I've had. So again, thanks for your, uh, for your time. Uh, appreciate it and hope you have a terrific rest of your day. No, thank you. I appreciate the time as well. Take care.